Well, hello to everyone. This is the Gut Check with Cesar Gomez, and I'm super excited today to bring you more gut checks. And you guys might ask, why is it the gut check? Because one of the things we've done is every person that comes in as a guest or myself when I upload any new episodes, the things that you want to look out for is the personal experiences, the lessons through the journey of entrepreneurship, through different careers, and for you to be able to listen to them and resonate through your personal experiences. And that's what the gut check is. And with that, let's get this ball rolling. Actually, this is Caesar, and I'm super excited. I have a great, great friend of mine, entrepreneur, um, Lowe's. That's how you, everybody knows you as? Yes, on the social media world, 100%. And why is Lowe's? Uh, because I have a thing that goes, Lowe's does the most. <laughs> there it is. As a joke. So it's our ongoing joke. So, so actually, I, I'm, I'm super excited. Thank you for uh, accepting um, the, the invite. Right now, I appreciate it. I mean... Uh. It's, I'm excited um, to chop it up with you. Hell yeah. Let's see me how too. everything's been. And, and you know, one of the things, that, before we get started, I want to share everybody how we met. Because the, the way we met was very um, unique. Right. And, yeah. then we'll, and then we'll take it from there. So I was at Starbucks with a friend of mine, and we are just catching up. And um, Lowe's is sitting right next to me. And he starts, you, you start listening to our conversation a little bit. And then I, I kind of peeked over to your laptop. You had, you know, I saw you on Facebook ads and I was like, oh, this guy's, you know, into something. Right. And it just opened this conversation that felt it felt like there was friction. And it's so funny because my buddy still is like, man, like you still talk to that guy at Starbucks. I'm like, yeah, we still talk. He's like, it was weird because I thought he was like, you know, it was kind of like that that rams battle you know yeah. at the conversation but we were just i loved it we were just trying to uh identify with each other and we connected i felt because like we're both have blunt personalities yeah and your buddy didn't really understand that perspective he's, he has a soft heart yeah so we went straight for it i was yeah. like i'm not gonna waste my time let's see if this relationship's <laughs> gonna work out and here we are recording then, a podcast yeah there you go it's either you sit with me or you don't. That's it. You know, one of the things, and, and I'll share with you before we get going, one of the things that I've learned from that, because everything that happens to us is a lesson, right? And many people that don't have that um, mental toughness and understanding how life kicks your ass, right? Right. It evolves you into not tolerating shit, right? Right. And in a sense, you know, when you run into people that, you don't know, first thing that comes up is, am I wasting my time? And this has happened to me. And, and what happens is you, you let everybody in by being nice and cordial. And then you start working with them and you realize, and this has happened to me a lot, that they waste your time and it's not, they're not, their character is not real. They right. don't say what they, they don't do what they say they do. And you just wasted six months, years, two years on a relationship, business relationship by not being that way. So I just want to let you know that that's actually a great way and it works, but only few people get it and implement it. And those are the people I want to ride with. So, like, you know, I, I want you to sit at my dinner table, right? That's yeah, no, it. same. I mean, but, you know, the thing is, you're way younger than me. And for me, it took me many years. Even my buddy that was sitting next to me, he still don't get that, right? Right. 
So he has more growing to do or quitting. That's just the only thing that's going to happen. Because right. people eat him alive and then he's, a real, he's like, dude, like nothing's working. Well, yeah, because you allow too many people in and it's kicking your ass because they're you're believing in them. They don't believe in themselves. Right. They tell you one thing and do the opposite. hundred percent. And like so, the way we met, um, that's kind of like both our gut checks there. And I mean, it sat well with us. I've learned that throughout the years of me being, you know, entrepreneur, whatever I call it, self-employed. I don't, but I, when I started, I didn't, know was a, I didn't know it was a keyword Instagram entrepreneur, like you want to call it. Yeah. I just wanted to do it because I knew there was more in life than just a paycheck. Correct. Right. And, and that's what I got from you that day that, you know, you're in it for the journey. You're in right. it to grow. And money comes with it. And when, when, I, when I first started my business, it was never about the money. I just believed in myself. Too. And a random note, like my mom always told me this when I was little, it never made sense to me. She was like, Hey, if you want to be the best clown ever, like you have to be the best clown ever. So basically, like whatever career you decide to do, if, if you're going to be a clown son, you better be the best clown ever. And that kind of like, that, that hit my gut. Absolutely. So where did, where, where did you grow up? Where I grew up you? right here in Rancho Cucamonga, okay. um, California. Um, I mean, my childhood was kind of hard growing up. Like elementary school is always made fun of, super overweight, like 160 pounds third grade, fourth grade, no teeth. Um, they had to take out all my teeth because I needed like something with my teeth. They put like braces on. And when I had braces on, I always spit at the girls I would talk to in class because <laughs> I had speech problems. I can't pronounce like chocolate or like SHS, CHS. Sometimes if I get excited, I mispronounce those words. And um, that summer, I was just like, man, like I'm over like people making fun of me. I did not know how to lose weight. So what did, um, I started right here at Chiefy College Hillside, mm-hmm. the swim club, but I was so overweight. So what I decided to do, I was like, you know what, let me just eat some salad and fruit. And I'm gonna run at the Chiefy College track in the morning, go to the swim practice in the afternoon, and then run the Chiefy College track at night. And I did that the whole summer, I lost 50 pounds on my own. Wow. But I still feel like that fat kid at heart. And every time I see myself in the mirror, I know what other people feel like when holding that weight. So my purpose and like my passion is helping people through that journey. So when you were, when you were doing the runs around the track swimming, um, what, what was going through your head? Was it, you know, of course, you know, knowing that you were overweight, but was it to feel better, to build self-confidence to, you know, cause there's many reasons. Sometimes we do so many things at, 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 when we're young, but we don't know the reasons why. Right. And you know, like you said, being overweight at a young age, um, most kids don't think that way though. They'll stay overweight you right. know, because they start listening to their peers, their parents are like, Oh, you're fine. You're going to be okay. You know, but you didn't, you didn't fall for that. I, I didn't. I mean, I just wanted no one to like talk shit about me. No. I mean, now I've learned how to accept the bullshit at this age, but yeah. at that age, I was like, hey, like, I just don't want no one to make fun of my weight. No. And that was my driving force. And it's crazy to think about that I did that because, like, of looking course. back at it, I was like, I probably wouldn't do that right now. <laughs> Put a sweat, a, a sweatsuit, a sweater in the hot summer heat going up and down the stairs. You know where Chiefy College track yeah. is? Up and down the stairs, around the track, go hit the other stair set, go do it again. And you did it. Yeah. And how old then, were you? Uh, fourth grade summer. Wow. Don't yeah. ask me. Uh, 10. Yeah, 10, 11, 10 or 11, somewhere around you there. You already had the mindset because, you know, if you really look at a 10, 11 year old today, um, it, you, you can't even get them out of bed. Um, and that's the truth. You know, now, and I'll share, for, for example, um, you know, now that everybody's homeschooled, it's even harder. So, right. Uh, for you to be able to have that determination at such a young age, that's, that's very, very um, admirable. I guess now looking at it is like, um, 
I just wanted to seek the approval of others. That was my driving force. If you want to get deep into it, okay. just seeking that validation versus feeling worthless. So, so you, that, that point's a great point. Um, seeking validation of others, but today the way you live your life and I don't want to jump to today. Yeah. Um, I know you don't live by the approval of others. Right. <laughs> you're, I, mean, right. I mean, am I? No, you're right. Yeah. But I get it because we grow up, you know, not knowing, um, and when we don't know, we think whatever everyone else does is okay. Right. right. And and it's not. And in that case, you're trying to fit in and everybody talk to you and be your friend because now you're slim, you're looking good, and, and you're not that overweight kid. Right. So you, that's how you were seeking their approval. 100%. So, and then so you lose your weight, you go back to school. What's the first reaction when your friends saw you? Um, well, I didn't really have friends, but they didn't know who I was. <laughs> it was kind of funny. And then um, instead of like my parents would make me tuck my shirt with the flat top in elementary school. So I was like, my parents were like very reserved. Like I'm, my parents are first generation immigrants. So like very reserved, tuck shirt, flat top. And then once I went to middle school, they let me have spiky hair. My shirt's not tucked in anymore. Nice. So I felt a bit better about myself. So middle school was fine, and then um, I started uh, racing uh, pedal bikes, like road bikes. Okay, I've ridden all this. Like every when I, when I saw you lift, I was like, I already ridden my bike through here. So um, we uh, so went back into high school, and then I was like, you know what? Like when you're talking about like the entrepreneurs side, like when did that kick in? It was uh, junior year in high school. Uh, junior year in high school, mm-hmm. um, I was just like, hey, I need money for like my bike races. So I was like, let me come up with a fundraiser. Like it was just being strategic. I was like, no one told me this. And my mom's really good at baking cookies and baking croissants and bread at the time. And I was like, what if I just went to my teachers with the basket, had a picture of me saying, support Carlos's bike journey. And um, my teachers would do my selling for me and there'll be uh, three cookies for a dollar or one croissant for a dollar. Um, every Friday I'll walk away between three to $400 without doing the selling. Mm. And um, so I had, the, I had the teachers do the selling for me. Smart leverage and, and but i didn't know that was like oh i'm starting a little legit business right now it's just doing <laughs> it like just to support some some things some activities i enjoy doing and you know and the reason that's that's key points because now you can reflect on your life and be able to see where it started right you know and now it makes sense it because does it does i feel like when you're going through it, you're like why is this happening to me and as you get older you're like i'm so thankful for that absolutely I could get deep into what I mean. There's more to that. So um, during high school and middle school, um, I started, I didn't know what I wanted to do as a career. I always started young. So I interned at a Blomberg and Benson Law Office with John Benson. They're in Rancho Cucamonga. And um, I, did a, I was a file clerk for like two summers in a row. And I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm falling asleep on the desk. I, I feel like I, like this is just not my scene. Like it's, it's too comfortable. I have to go through paperwork. Like... Um, like analytical stuff gives me anxiety. Well, now I know that, but at that age, I was like, do I really suck? So, I mean, I quit the second summer. Then um, I grew up going to like an LDS church and this guy's name was Dave Carlson. Um, He always drove nice cars to church, like really nice cars. So I've always loved cars. I was like, hey, like, what do you do? And then, and the Mormon religion, um, you have like teachers because I I got my Eagle Scout right before I turned 18. So he was one of my teachers um, just to help me get my Eagle Scout. And he was like, oh, like I work in the funeral home. I'm like, oh, you work with dead people. I'm like, wow. Like, but I saw his cars. I was like, is there any way I could like wash your cars for you? And I could like go with you for like a summer like position, not asking for money. I just want to see what you're doing. And then I kind of did that work for free. Washed, I hate, I'll never wash a car ever again. But like from there to like 21, I was washing cars every day. 
And um, so I watched his cars, um, then I started learning how to embalm, how to assist in autopsies as the time went on throughout oh, wow. um, like high school, then a year after high, after graduation, to the point where I, like, I'll drive the hearse vehicles, um, first oh. calls as a family member passes away at the house, like I know how to handle that, I know how to run a procession. So I got super into it. And then I got my call to go on a Mormon mission. So I served a two-year Mormon mission, and I really didn't want to go, but like something in my gut was like, Feel like you have more to give in this life and um so i went on my mormon mission when i was 19. i got my call you don't pick where you go on your mission yeah so i got this letter and they're like i said elder anderson that's my last name like you're going to lima peru and i was like i really want to learn a third language my my friend he's a he's mexican so he knows english spanish and he took french in high school and i was like wow he got called to like Seoul, Korea. I'm like, man, that guy got a fourth language down. So I was like, okay, Spanish, like that's fine. So I go to Utah to the missionary training center and um, it was just Spanish. So it was cool. I was there for a total of two weeks. And then during those two weeks, they're like, oh, Elder Anderson, um, your visa's not ready. Uh, you're gonna have to go to Kansas City, Missouri. And in my head, I'm like, fuck. My, can I cuss on this? Is that cool? Yeah. Well, in my head, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're fuck my life. Like, in my head, obviously, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cool Mormon, I guess you could say. But, like, I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, dude, that's the Bible Belt. Like, that's where Dorothy's from. Like, <laughs> And um, so I was there for a total of eight months in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, when I first got there, my first bike ride, someone threw a 7-Eleven double gulp at me. Um, um, and I started, I mean, I mean vulnerable and transparent with you i was like why the hell am i doing this yeah i probably would cry like literally every night i lost count how many nights i'd cry every night because i was so comfortable like with my loving family and then doing going from like loving family to like everyone hates you because it's the bible belt you know okay so time went on i was like i couldn't get into people's homes like you know they knock on your door and i was like man do i really suck at this like i can't get into like nobody's home is it because like my skin color is it the religion I got to the point where like, you know what? Let me just memorize the Bible. Let me memorize all the verses. So if I get in a Bible battle, I could crush it. Long story short, I started doing that, but that didn't work because that's the spirit of the contention. Meaning like if we're both arguing, no one's going to grow from this relationship. So I learned that early in my mission. Wow, I, I got all these tools, right? I was like, someone's going to battle out with me. Like, let's go because like, I'm ready. You know, I had all those, I had like my playbook ready, how to memorize. <laughs> and um, I was like, you know, what? that's not working because I feel like my heart rate goes high and um, I come out more angry on that conversation. That person comes out more angry. So like, did we really try to serve each other? Or was it more like, who's better here? Uh -huh. At the end of the day, no one's better than anybody. We all, all right. have our different, you know, journeys. So um, time went on. I was like, and then you have companions on your mission, right? And um, some of them were like super strict by the book. Like, let's just say if we're companions, like, we have to be together inside the house 24-7. Like, obviously not in the restroom, right? But, like, sure. I, you can't leave my side. We can't watch TV. You can't call home. You only call home on Mother's Day and Christmas. So it was, like, very a lot of rules. Like, no internet, no nothing. You'll just go to the library once a week to email home. And, like, so sometimes I would have some really cool companions, and sometimes I'll have some really strict ones. So I started learning how to deal with different um, relationships. Right, like the ones that are tight laced and the ones that are a little bit more loose. I learned how to talk to them too. So um, as time went on in Kansas, I was like, you know what? Like, I know I can't get into people's homes, but I'm really good at talking to the members of the church. Like, like they love me because it's hard. you have to um, you, you <clears throat> get like hundred dollars a month for food, but that really doesn't last you that much. And um, best case, if you're good at talking to the church members, um, they'll feed you every day. Yeah. So I got really good at that. I gained like 25 pounds in Kansas. <laughs> it was a good 25 pounds. And I was like, 
what if I just become their friends and ask, and ask for their friends to come eat with us that are like not members? Mm-hmm. I mean, business today, that's called referrals. But at the <laughs> time, I was like, man, let me just do that. Like, what if I just have them invite? Because some families were um, Hispanic, so I speak Sp- I'm a lot better at speaking Spanish when it comes to religion. So I was like, hey, hermanita, like, is it okay like, if you can invite like, you know, your cousin Lupita? I know she's down the corner. Just next time we're here, would love to like, share with her a message, get her motivated for the week. Nice. Of course. So we, I started playing that game, and then it got to the point where they'll start going to church with me. And then my first baptism was actually on my birthday, May 11th, um, when I turned uh, 20, uh, was my first baptism. And um, his name was Guillermo. I always remember that day. It's kind of crazy because like, I was like, dude, like, I struggled so hard just to get that first baptism. And tearing up a little bit because I I'd never talk about my mission. She knows it. Like, that's a soft that's a place in my heart. And um, that was my first baptism, religion or not, it's just like that first win where I'm like, man, like, I'm agility able to help somebody's life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like Guillermo had a big drinking problem. Um, so remember him. Um, he'll drink like a like a box of Coronas every day. Yeah. Not kidding you. Like when I met him, he was drunk as fuck. Um, he actually fell off a bridge, oh, but wow. he was so drunk that he he, he didn't die because he was relaxed when he hit yeah, the ground. Yeah, so true. They they say that when they're drunk. <laughs> so I was like, so that was my first one, and I was like, and I'll still remember to this day, like. That was like the best one, like my most memorable birthdays ever. I still, that's, uh, I never share that story. I don't. And thank you for sharing it, um, because you know I see, I see your, your how, how, how you feel about it, and that's why we do this because right. that story has stuck in you. But what you did, you changed somebody's life, right? You know, and um, so long story short, I, I changed his quality of life. I actually developed that relationship, and I suck at handyman stuff, like. Like in today's time, I pay somebody, right? But back then, I was like, man, like my, my dad's a handyman, but I suck. Let me just hop out Guillermo here. Like I was just trying to be like a cool Hispanic dad, like in the future, right? Yeah. I could not drywall for the life of me. I was like, fuck, dude, this drywalling shit's really hard. But I was just trying to develop that relationship. I was doing stuff that they like to do. So when I baptized Guillermo, I ended up baptizing a couple of his cousins. And then from oh. there, his cousins, their cousins would choose me to their friends. So then um, right after that baptism, the following month, I baptized eight people. Um, and the mission president was like, you're like the highest baptizing mission. And keep in mind, the Kansas City, Missouri mission is the biggest mission in all the country. So there's over 300 missionaries in that mission in that mission field. Oh, wow. So for me to be like right, technically right off the boat, like straight into it and him being like, hey, like you're one of the best ones. I was like, I was getting momentum. I was like, it makes sense. No one knows his secret. Like I was I was keeping it to myself. And then um, right after that, I got a call like the following week saying like, hey, your visa's ready to go to Lima, Peru. And I'm like, man, I'm really comfortable here now in Kansas, like really comfortable. And um, I was like, but if I stay in Kansas, like I want to be assistant to the president, like the next position. Well, I mean, there's different levels, but he's like, hey, I want you to be my assistant. I want you to teach missionaries what you're doing. I want you to teach everybody. I was like, yeah, it seems cool. But like, I mean. I feel like my heart's set in Peru. Yeah. And I was like, and I know if I go there, I'm gonna be living in a third world country with dirt after shit in holes and like have a crappier quality of life. And I was like, you know what? I think I really need that. I feel like Kansas City really humbled me and it showed me um, grit and perseverance. And um, I look back, I mean, so long story short, I get to Peru and um, I get there and I was like, man, it's hard here. It's, like, it's a lot harder. It's humid, it's hot, you're wearing. Um, business clothes every day with a tie, button up white shirt. You're climbing these cerros. They're like like the mountains b- b- behind here, but like straight dirt, like straight dirt. And um, the people over there, um, 
in order for them to win their land for free, they got to fight for their land. So like, let's just say we're a family. We'll, I'll get up there. I like, you know what? I like that property. You start building it. The only way you're allowed to keep that property, you have to go work for the government of Peru every Sunday. So it's hard to get the family members to go to church, right? Yeah. So I ended up starting to build out homes in Peru. And I, so I started learning how to like build like, you know, sketchy homes, like cardboard box and everything. But um, the normal missionaries from America like didn't like getting their hands dirty. I'm like, dude, you got to come with the, with the giving hand. You got to do what they enjoy to do. That's how you develop a relationship. And then that's when you can start talking about, you know, the light of Christ. You can't start talking about religion or the light of Christ right off the bat because they're, they're going to think you're cocky. Like, all oh, this gringo, he knows everything because he's American. Like, he's just came here to teach us whatever. I was like, no, like you got to come from a giving hand. Like, hey, what do you need help with, sister? Let me tuck in my tie. Like, let me help you out. No. And then um, so I started getting better down there. And then um, my biggest uh, lesson from Peru was uh, gratitude. I, every day I wake up, I'm still thankful to this day for the warm shower. Oh, I mean, I'm just like blown away. I mean, you know, just the story behind it and the lessons that I know you encountered and, and I'm listening to, to what you're saying and how now, you know, when we get to that point, talking about how you started your businesses, it's all connecting now. Cause I know you. Right. And <laughs> so I'm already, I already know I'm, I'm excited to hear that because, and I don't want to um, get ahead of, ahead of ourselves, but it totally, and it totally, you know, when you're put in that, in a situation of unknown, right. either you make it or you break it. Right. hundred you know, percent. And, you know, I know you made it through, but there were so many unknowns and so many challenges, so many, um, roadblocks that you encountered, but you kept pushing, you kept trying to figure it out. hundred percent. I got to the point where it got so strategic. So I was a zone leader in Peru, meaning um, I was in charge of 20 missionaries and um, I really wanted to work out. I was over playing soccer every day. That's in the morning. I got six, you get an hour of activity. So over there in your mission, you're not allowed to work out at a gym. So I was like, what if I just start teaching a gym owner in Peru? Like, what if he just becomes like a teaching person? <laughs> I told that my companion. And then I didn't know I was being strategic doing now. I figured it out. But um, I was like, hey, hermano, is it okay? Like if we go to your gym every Tuesday morning, like you'll just give me a key. We'll clean up the restrooms like for free. You just let us work out for an hour of your day. And that counts as community service too. So like, cause you have to do community service on your mission. I was like, and I found the loophole and I told the mission president, he was like, that's fine. So then I was able to start getting like some good, you know, bicep scorching pumps. I couldn't see my bicep, but it just finally felt good because I missed the gym. It's yeah. been like a, like over 15 months of like not hitting weights, you know. And yeah. um, that was one of my biggest wins, seeing like all the missionaries losing weight in like three to four months. Because when you're on your mission um, in South America, they feed you a lot. Oh, they do? Like even if they don't have food for themselves, they'll give that food to you. Oh, wow. Um, so the people who always have a special place in my heart, that's like another soft topic, but, um, so they'll always feed you first before themselves. And, um, I got to the point where I learned how to cook, um, guinea pig, it's called Kui. So in, um, in the settles of Peru, um, the way their families make their money is they make bracelets or mm. they grow guinea pigs and then they kill them and they gut them and then you cook them and eat them, but you sell the guinea pigs. Oh, wow. Interesting. Right. And then. <laughs> So I got to the point where organic, huh? organic, organic. <laughs> hey, if we're coming to today's time, that's a hundred percent organic. Yeah. So through my mission, I guess you could say I learned how to be strategic, how to generally love people for who they are, um, no matter the outcome. Um, those are probably the two biggest lessons. It sounds easy telling you, but when I was on my mission, like, I'm not kidding you. I, I probably wanted to go home every day. <laughs> and then being 19 years old, um, you, 
you know, and one of the things when you share your story about when you lost the weight, uh, you know, in, in fifth grade, you already had a mindset. Maybe you didn't know, but that actually helped you break through those moments because you already right. had developed um, a mindset to do what you had to do, regardless of how you felt. Right. And that was already engraved in you at 10, 11 years old. I like that you said that. Like what I what I tell my close circle or my tribe of uh, my body by you clients my family my family my team um i tell them like hey just you just gotta show up no matter what your feelings tell you that's how you win at life like you wake up tomorrow and just show up to commit to their goals you committed even if your feelings tell you otherwise and there's days that you and i know that we don't feel like doing shit 100 percent. and we still got to do it right still got to show up and we get deep into that there's some days i didn't do it and i'll i'll share that with you and then um that's basically what I learned in um, Lima, Peru. Those are two sensitive topics that you somehow got that out of me. I never talk about that. I got it out of. But like, there's but, a lot of stories. But you got like some deep pain points where like I don't like sharing. And I appreciate you sharing them because the thing is, is there's people out there that need to hear it. They're in the same situation, and unfortunately. You know, for me, through my journey, I've met people that when you bring out a story that resonates, you change their life. Even though right. they know you directly or indirectly, you change their life, you know. And and that's why we do this, because there's, you know, if we would have had this when you were growing up, when I was growing up and I was able to listen in and be able to get a lesson or, or a pointer that when I was stuck, it would have just resonated and be like, oh, OK, that's that, what I got. That hits. And that's that's why we do right. this gut check podcast because people are out there. There's people out there genuinely looking for this. Right. But they don't know where to get, it or they can't afford it, so they could only listen yeah. to the free stuff. Yeah, and then the best way to learn is through other people's experiences. Right. right? Like Correct. let's just say I'm hanging out with Caesar, and Caesar has 14 years of whatever I want to see myself in 14. It's like, what right. if I just become Caesar's best friend? I shadow him. Well, technically, I'm saving 14 years off my life because he's showing me all his trials and tribulations. Correct. He's showing me the path to success, right? Correct. But people don't see it like that. They're just trying to see, like, oh, what can I take from this? <laughs> they have they have a hidden agenda. You know, that's when, um, unfortunately, there's people out there talking about what we're talking about at the beginning. They do have a hidden agenda. They want to see the short. They want to see what you're doing and copy it. Right. When in reality, they don't know the time. They don't know your story. They don't know when you were 10, 11 years old, you were... 50 pounds overweight they don't know that right but, but where you're at today that had a lot to do with it you getting sent out you know on your mission and you struggling not being able to get anybody baptized that right there is part of your journey right they don't understand that. i didn't and i didn't see it when i was going through it i was more like why is this happening to me yeah oh yeah because like we, i hate it i'll tell you so someone's like man i does. hate being in peru like it's so hot like i'm over being so i'm hoping having dirt on my face and because there's like sandstorms. <laughs> I'm not joking. It literally just be dirt. Like you just wipe your hands and you see like dirt on your hands. And you're wearing white shirt. Right. So, I mean, it could have, but now that I look back at it, I see it as that was my college, my sales course, my relationship course, my family course, all in one. The University of Hard Knocks right there. 100%. I'm grateful for it now, 100%. but living in it, I hated it. Of course. But now it's more like that's a special place in my heart that 100%. I'm thankful for it now. You know, and I'll share a quick story of, you know, just to, you know, my story, you know, people don't, I share it, um, but 
I've been financially bankrupt. I fed my kids with, you know, government help, welfare uh, at a point in my life. Hey, Siri, stop. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, I share that because that was part of my journey. And if you would look at me today, be like, well, how the hell did you feed your kids, you know? Uh, welfare with welfare or, or whatever they call it weak um i did that was a, a turning point in my life i had nothing i had no car but that's you know when you look at me today you'll be like well that's not how well that's part of my journey that's that's and when i was in that moment i hated myself i hated everything right. i was going through would, would you feel if you didn't have your kids or your family at that time and you still lived through that situation you wouldn't push it as hard since you didn't have somebody to uh um, that's a great tribe. question. I think I would because I my on my story, I've always been a, a hustler. I've always right. been a grinder since I, you know, middle school, junior high. Um, so yeah, I would push through. Um, you know, and that's the question I always ask. And I, I'm not asking you directly, but I'm like, are we born with these attributes or do we develop them? Because we me and you, we all run into people all the time and you're like, they don't have the drive. You know, is it is it a born attribute of have to have that drive or is it something we evolved? I don't know. And I don't think we'll ever know the answer. I, I, um, I mean, I think we all have a different kind of drive, meaning let's just say our drive is mutual because we yeah. both want to impact lives, impact people's income, health, whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah. But if a gamer comes to me and he's a professional gamer, just say, I don't know that he's What's, what's that game those little kids play? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fortnite. Or, yeah. Right? <laughs> Gamers. I didn't know he's a multimillionaire. He's like, oh, man, Carlos, he just doesn't have the drive to play video games. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's just not in me. And that's a great point. And um, so it would see, like, where they would point their attention to. Because I know you get a lot of um, younger kids or entrepreneurs on the podcast. It's like, we all have different things we We're all different talents. Do. And it's I that, call them talents. Right. Um, we all have different talents. But... You know, for example, when you were sent out to the missions, you know, there's only certain people that could handle that. That, you know, if we put a group of our 20 closest friends growing up, we'll probably be the only ones that'll take on that mission. You know what I mean? It's just, (laughs) so that's kind of like the perspective that I tell people (laughs) I did it for free and it was just something I had, I wanted to do for my heart. They're like, you did it for free. I'm like, yeah. And that's the point I'm getting to. You just said it free. How many people are willing to sacrifice their whole life for free? Because you know, and I know that when you're pursuing your dreams and goals, figuring out your talent, you don't get paid. That's a hundred percent true, but it's what drives you. Correct. And you trust your gut. So I think we're, and again, I know yeah. this is about you, but now the no, question. I, no, I, I love ask, it. Keep it going. Don't change it. The, the, the question I asked is how many people are willing to put in the time for free? get your ass kicked and not make a dime. So a hundred, if, if you rephrase it like that, um, I feel like 99, 98% of the population doesn't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. They're comfortable, right? Being comfortable, comfortable, being comfortable. They're relying on the government. Like friends tell me like, Oh, why don't you just wait on your PPP loans or this BS? I don't, there's too many damn loans. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm going to create my own economy. Like Correct. I'm not going to wait on the government to save me. Correct. Cause I'll, I like to put in my own like grit into stuff to do versus <laughs> waiting for a start to fall. So the, the, there goes the answer then. Now the question 
rephrasing it is that how many people are willing to put in the time and not get paid? They're too comfortable. Yeah. And they're just not willing to be uncomfortable. That's so, the biggest thing. So the 98%, well, I got, you know, the 97, three, uh, yeah. um, you know, unfortunately it's just, they're comfortable. And it's hard to kick them out of that mindset. Yeah. Right. It's you'll die. trying. Uh, some of my friends are like, Oh, I'm making more now being, um, home? unemployed, being home. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but you're kind of like digging your own grave with negative self-talk. Meaning if you're board watching Netflix and drinking or just being home, like you have time to talk to yourself negatively. You're not getting vitamin D. You're not moving. Correct. Like, like, what are you really going to do of your life? No matter how big your bank account is, that literally shows me that you just want to sit and watch Netflix and drink for the rest of your life. Is that really a life you want to live? Unfortunate. You, you know, through being in this quarantine, um, people ask me, it's like, so how is it? And I told you before we started the podcast to me it's I haven't felt a difference because I'm right. still, I'm still in the grind. I'm, I'm, I'm actually evolving myself, refining stuff. So I spent the first two, three weeks I was he in here cleaning up myself, um, cleaning up things that I need to get out of my life, my businesses, people I had to get rid of. So I did it. I, okay. I did so getting on that, cause I know you have a lot of great listeners on here. Um, was it hard for you to bring up those tough conversations of getting those people out of your life? Um, you know, it was and it wasn't because one of the things that I'll share with you real quick, how I um, how I operate, because I do have an operating system that I put that I put together through teachings and, and mentors that I've had is I pick three, three things, three goals every year. And every single thing, every priority that I do throughout the year has to fit in those three categories. And if it doesn't. That's how I've been able to get rid of things I don't need, dead weight. Um, so what I do is, you know, I have a system. I'll show it to you when we're done how I do it. But everything I do on a day-to-day has to align with three Just of my three, goals. Yeah. And if they don't, then it's super easy for me to get rid of them. When before, I was just, you know, I had this huge list and trying to hit all of them. Go. Yeah. So, you know, going back to cleaning up was super easy because as soon as I started looking at my agenda, you know, boom, take it off, take would it off. Would you say those were like your three core, if you rephrase it, would you say those are your three core values? And those Not, people oh. didn't align with your core values? Yeah, well, absolutely. Because it's very easy to say yes. Right. And, you know, we talked about earlier in the conversation when, when you meet someone. And um, I actually have a training that I do. It's called personality versus character. When you connect with the personality, you like the person. When you start testing character, that's when you really get to know a person. 100% we tested each other's character. Yeah, we did. So um if you're if your goal if you're if what what I'm trying to do um aligns with what you're trying to do but your character does not align with my core values and standards then I'll take you off my to-do list. That's 100%. That's how I that's, yeah. how, that's how you so, operate. So, yeah. That's so what we going back, you know, but it's you know, it took me years to understand that. Right. So like you said, 14 years hanging around with me, I'll be able to share that with Anyone that wants to come and give some time for free is avoided 14 years of headaches. Correct. Because it took me that long to figure it out. Right. And to be able to clean up and refine my core values and standards, that took time. That took years. And now when when I work with something or with someone, they have to align and I test them quick so I'm not wasting time. Right. Because, you know, I'm 40. I'm 41 years old. I got 40 more years. 
You know, so how am I going to live the next 40? Right. And I'm going to live them to the fullest with the right people, with the right things, matching my core values and standards. And that's how I'm going to live my life. And a lot of people don't like it, which I don't care because it's my life. Well, I tell people all the time, like, like your opinion doesn't pay my bills, <laughs> but I don't tell them that. But like, I've once I finally learned how to accept that, like someone's opinion about me shouldn't change the way I operate. Mm-hmm. Then you finally learn how to live. I feel like a lot of people, yeah, they're comfortable, but they're too scared to be to fail in yep. front of their loved ones. They're too scared to take that first step. I'm like, honey, I, mean, I have a lot of females. I'm like, honey, like failure does not exist. Failure only counts if you quit. That's it. And if you look at me right now, you could see how much I love you. And you've given a lot of yourself. Right, Tina? I was just imagining person. I always use Tina. And I was like, <laughs> Tina, like you, you're pouring from a, ca- a cup that's half full, like half empty. Right? You give to your family, your kids, your friends, but you don't give to yourself. Right? You, you told me you have high blood pressure. You told me you don't like the way you look at yourself in the mirror. You told me you would like to have sex with the lights off because you don't want your husband to see how you look. Like, I get really deep in those pain points. Like, if you make this your first yes and you don't let and you don't quit on me, the, all that's going to disappear. And pe- and pe- and the life that you want you're finally going to learn how to truly live. Wow. And that's basically learning people she's uncomfortable, right? She's or she's comfortable. It's a gut check. It's a gut check. But like my job and my duty here on this earth and as well as my team, um right now my team's 100% Ariel and Amber. I tell them, it's like, hey, like, we're here to help people through a hard time. We're not here to help them lose weight. We're here to change their micro, their micro habits, meaning everything you do every morning, it's habits and great habits. But what if you wake up every morning and you wrote down a quote, I woke up and you write down everything. You do. I laid in bed for two hours and you put yes or no. Was this good or bad? Okay, this was bad. Okay, then I went downstairs. I made coffee. Okay, that's energy. That was good. Then you do your next thing. Okay, I watched Netflix for three hours. Is that good or bad? Oh, that was bad because I wasted time. So you start self-analyzing your own habits and then they bring that back to me and then I just coach them on their habits. Once they start to respect their goal list, meaning I'm just changing little things throughout the day, guess what? They start to respect themselves more. When they start to respect themselves more, they're going to start to respect what they put in them and their in their mouths more. And you know, one, one of the things that I want to, um, that I admire from that is one thing when you show people how to measure results because that's measuring results right because you know we're, we're unconscious creatures we, we we do things without thinking so when you're able to create awareness to a person that's lived their whole life unaware right there the right people will actually start saying wow like i didn't know i was wasting two hours laying down in bed right you know but how many people do that and that's why you know hearing what you're doing with your with your business, your clients, making them aware of that is what's the difference. That's why your business, what you're doing will be successful. And it's not going to be for everybody because there's going to be people that you bring that to their attention and they're going to be like, Oh, I don't want to know. That. Right. Right. And that's not the client you're looking for. That's not that. That's not the avatar customer you're looking for. I don't want like a quick date. I want some, I want a long-term relationship. No. And, hundred percent that's that's longevity that's right. that's a business model that will sustain itself forever you're not in it for the quick buck and that's what most people think business is or get in it for the quick buck and then move on to the next right no you build a long-term business when you understand 
the, the what your customer looks like, what your customer is looking for, and what they're willing to take from you. Right, and just addressing that avatar. So, like, for me, I'm a big mama's boy, right? Like I said, so our clientele is 98, 97% females. The only guys are husbands or boyfriends, right? But um, that's, we understand our avatar 100%. So I love that you said that. Like, if you're starting a business and you don't know your avatar, then you, you don't have a business. You don't have a business. You know, it's funny because um, when I do consulting um, with some of my clients, the first thing I do, I have a worksheet for avatar, and I have them fill it out. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and they don't even know what the hell to, f- how to fill it What's out. What's the avatar's wants and needs? Correct. Once What's their cl- ideal client? What are they, how do they look like? What are they looking for? And that's how you come up with offers and products. Of course. That's the business. That's the marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and we get it, but how many people out there don't? And that's why we're having these podcasts because it's value that we understand and it's not hidden information, but to be able to get it, Right. Right. And to be able to understand it takes a lot of thinking. You can't just sit there and fill out an avatar worksheet if you don't even know what you're looking for. Yeah. Right. That's a lot of people. They're like, oh, like, I don't really what know. Kind what kind of business you? Oh, I just I just want to make money. Like, no, no, dude, that's not how it works. A quick puck won't last forever. Yeah. So, you know, and, and going back to that, I just, you know, it, being able to create, I call them assessments, being a created an assessment for your customer to to raise their awareness is key it's it's fundamental like that's the same thing with my clients right. if if i've i've said no to clients because you know they don't understand if i bring them a training or i bring them my services and everything else 95 percent of the operations is fucked up my service is not going to help them because they're still going to be in the same boat so right. I'm not going to take their money. And they'll start talking shit to you. Of course. So it's your self-awareness. Like, hey, like, this isn't a good relationship. Correct. I agree with you. 100%. And and they're the ones that are going to waste more of my time. The battery drainers. Yeah. I feel like every time, let's just say, like, actually we had this conversation with my team earlier this week. Like, when I do hire ticket sales on the phone, it's a lot easier for me to get a yes. But if it's, like, a low, low, low ticket, like, well, I felt bad for this this one girl I was talking to and I was like hey like the total of the program you know is 1997 so I, I don't like saying odd yeah. numbers versus 2000 like odd numbers she's like no I'm like okay great I was like hey like you know what Tina like I've had a great you know day of impacting lives like let's just do an hour zoom call keep in mind that hour zoom call with me it's 297 but for you just a flat fee of like 97 bucks I'm gonna teach you everything you need to do but my but I'm not gonna hold you accountable so I can't guarantee results she's like okay she's like I don't have 97 I was like, okay, then then I said, like, okay, what about? And then I was like, you know what? Since I already went that low, I was I actually have a call with her today. And I never do this, but something in my heart was like, man, this girl really needs it. So I'm just gonna donate an hour of my time for her, hopefully, to say yes in the future to herself again. Mm, so that's powerful. Um because you're not doing it for you, you're doing it for her. And pros and cons to that. The the pros, I make that person happy. The cons is this really growing my business because the activities you should focus on in your life is activities that grow your business and activities that uh, the activities that make you money and the activities that grow your business. That's it, right. right? So for me, since I served a mission, now I'm like like self analyzing myself. It's like I still have that place of like giving where I generally just want to freaking help you out. The money is just there for a sign of respect. Correct. Google and YouTube is there to help you freaking lose weight, Tina. It's there. Like you're paying 24 for the past three years you haven't gone, right? Because it's $30 a month. If I were to charge you $30 for this program, would you really take it seriously? No. You wouldn't. 
So we need to have like that gut check right now for it to really hurt your pocket. I hope these $2,000 really do hurt your pocket. Yeah, because now you're going to do it. And guess what? The success is through the roof. Three weeks later, they love me. They love my team. They're like, oh my gosh, it's the best thing I've ever done. But that would have never happened if they never made that investment. Yeah. And you know, no, you're absolutely right. And the thing is, is that it's hard for most people to understand that analogy, that concept, um, being able to work with clients. Like I've had great clients, for, for example, I've had clients, now they're personal friends that people were intimidated by them because of their success. Right. I go in there, talk to them, and then we do business. And everybody's like, how the hell did you do that? I've been trying to reach to this person, you know, talk to this person, get, you know, get them to commit. And, to, you know, I've been spending. Oh, really? Yeah. And the thing is, it Please. goes because we know how. That's we, how you do it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, not hard, man. It happens uh, based on that conversation. A lot of my close friends like, oh, how do you have a relationship with the owner of Escapio? With like, how do you have a relationship with one of the co-owners of Marriott's? And I'm like, when I talked to them, I didn't talk to them like they were successful. I talked to them like a genuine human being. We shared some things in common. And then a couple years later, we decided to do business. But at the time, I wasn't trying to do business with them. I just wanted to develop a relationship. That's it. That's it. But people don't get that. They're like, oh, my God, that guy's so successful. Like, let me go talk to him or like, oh, that person's famous. But like, no, just they're normal human beings. Like my mom says, do they shit and pee? Cool. They're nothing special. They're They're the same as you. Right. And they want to be treated as a normal person. Yes. You know, because most people are, you know, put in this facade or try to be fake or try to use fancy words. You're not going to connect with them. Nope. They're used to that. They already they pick it up so fast because they're used to people talking to them that way. Right. And, you know, there's been situations when I meet, you know, CEOs of companies that have and they'll start calling networks like, hey, um, what's what's the agenda with this guy? He just came in. We talk, you know, and he just talked to me and I don't talk. I ask questions. Right. So I'm the one listening. You're the one talking. So I get to know you. I know what your I know your hot points, you know, and like I, I always talk in, in sales is I like to listen to people's emotional problems. That's what I do. I'll pick them up. As soon as you're talking emotional, my, my antennas are up and I'm picking that up. The moment you're talking logical or things that are not really relevant to you, even though I ask a question, I just disregard it. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up all your emotions. Emotionals is what drives the relationship. Of course. That's how they remember you. Yeah. So I, I've learned how to pick that up. That makes sense. And when I, when I pick it up, I'll repeat it to them and remind them that, hey, I was paying attention to you. And that's how I build relationships. I'll go to Vegas, you know, I'll go to Caesars Palace and go to a restaurant and, you know, all these celebrities eat there. And when I walk in, they, they remember my name from six months before that I was right. there because of how I connected with them. It's different. It is. Because we don't have an agenda. We, we don't. want to generally get to know you. And that's why they say today your net worth equals your network. Right. It's not how much money you have in the bank account. You could lose everything and have your network. Right. Phone numbers written down and call them and you'll be back in business. I, I love that you bring that point up because um, me, when I develop relationships, I don't see it as a business relationship, but like as time goes on and our relationship starts to grow, then the business makes sense. Of course. Like for example, one of my best friends names, uh, Drew Manning is actually supposed to fly out to Utah after this call, but things happen. So it's, um, he owns uh, fit to fat to fit. He has his own show on lifetime in like 2011, 2012. He was that trainer on the news. He purposely gained 80 pounds. Oh yeah. yeah. And then lastly, yeah, Drew Manning. So, Long story short, I met him at a fitness business seminar. Um, so I was investing in like growing my, my fitness business. And um, one of my mentors, he was like, hey, I want you to meet Drew. 
was backstage. I was like, I didn't know who he was, right? Yeah. I just generally wanted to be his friend. Yeah. We ended up talking. Somehow he served a mission in Brazil. So we had that in common. We went to go eat. The next thing we went and had breakfast together. And then people started coming up to Tim, like taking pictures of him. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? Right. <laughs> so then I go on Google and I'm like, oh, all right. I guess he's, uh, I guess he is official. And um, we just started texting. We're texting like once a week. Got to the point where like six months later, he flew me out to his house in Utah, just as friends. Nice. And from there, I was like, hey, like, you know, Ariel's Facebook ads are performing super well. Like, I would love to help you out with your ads since I know you own a, couple, a supplement company. Yeah. So we flew her out. She ran his ads. He started making more. So I started adding a little bit more value to their relationship. And we started becoming better friends. And then he's like, hey, man, I'm going to Hawaii. Like, I would love to record content for my ads. Okay, if you guys come on this past summer. I was like, sweet. That's great. Went with the giving hand. Right. And long story short, his ex, um, his ex wife lives. Um, they both go on a vacation once a month to like anywhere. So they go to Hawaii. So his ex wife and her new husband was there. Um, so I got to meet them. Right. And I love that her new the, um, Lynn's new husband um, told Drew is like, hey, like that's the first friend I've ever met friend and Ariel I've ever met that does not have an agenda. Nice. Every friend you've showed me has an agenda. They want something from you. Like yeah. those are the two people I've ever met from your like network yeah. that has no agenda. So that's the point I was trying to get to. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with this relationship, but it doesn't hurt to try if it feels good in your gut. Of course. And when you have no hidden agenda, people sense it. People that already have. And one of the, one of the things that, you know, for everybody that's listening, you guys got to understand that if you're trying to build something great in life, uh, the people that are going to guide you or help you just don't have an agenda because they'll sense it. And the moment they sense that you, you have intentions, they're going to shut you down. And right. when people say, well, I tried, well, you had an agenda. You were thinking of dollar signs. You were thinking of something. Right. And they sensed it because the gut. The, well, what happens is we develop the sixth sense even though we're not females, but we have a sixth sense that when things don't feel right, we'll sense it. Right. And successful people have that. All of them do, you know, and that's how they're able to identify who they're going to allow in to build a relationship with and who they're not. not. And if I don't want to allow it to, but I'm like second guessing it, then I'll delegate that to my team. Of course. And I have them develop that relationship to see. And then from there, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, but I've never really messed up on that decision you know one of the things i want to add to that what i've done is when i meet with someone and for example i've done a lot of business in the insurance world um and they start asking me insurance questions right i don't know much about it it's so funny i get in it but i don't get in it because i want to write insurance no i get in it because there's a huge problem and i want to help right so what i do is like you know what i don't know that answer but I'll bring somebody that can answer that question or help you out. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'll set it up right now. Make a phone call, bring the right expert. Or bring the pro. Sit them down. I'll just sit back. I've done it all the time. And that humility. And they're like, damn, like you brought me the person I, I've been looking for. Yeah. And guess what happens to the deal between me and them? Yeah, you get, yeah. I get it. And then, That's it. But it's... It sounds simple, but it takes years of failure to understand. Yeah, because like normal people will have an ego and think they know they want to know everything. Yeah. So if you ask me like a question I don't know, yeah. I'm going to be like, uh, yeah, 100 percent. This is how you do it. But yeah. you, you already caught my bullshit. Yeah. The bluff is 
right? Yeah, Versus me being like, hey, I, I really appreciate that question. I actually have someone on my team that could answer yeah. that for you. That's a special that specializes in that yeah. field. And I've done that, and it, and it works so well. At first, people I've had people look at me like, oh shit, like he don't know the answer. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you could ask me the question. I'll write it down, and then I'll have somebody call you, or if you want. I could set up another appointment and have them come and share that with you. Right. Really? I'm like, yeah. Bring them in. And they're like, I'm just sitting there, bro. Like, I, I don't know. They're talking yeah, like you know, Chinese. It's gibberish. I but love I'm it. Like, <laughs> but it works so well because after they're done, now there's a business relationship there. And I did my job. And guess what? Now when I sign, I bring you my contract, you're going to sign it. Yeah. Because you, you came from a place of value. Of course. And, you, and they saw your humility by them telling you like, hey, like, I don't really know that answer. Okay. A normal person, if they're talking to someone high up and they want to close a big deal or big contract with X amount of employees, they want to come thinking they know everything because this is their one shot. And that's a big mistake. Your your experiences of life taught you patience mm-hmm. and taught you how to u- utilize your tools. That's it. Right? So you, was like, you, you exercised patience if it was a younger you, or let's yeah. just a different version of you, like, no, I know that question, blah, blah, blah. But then they'd be like... Yeah, now that you're wrong. Like our data shows you're completely off what you said. 100%. So it's exercising patience. It's huge. You're it never going to get it right away. Yeah. I feel like I'm never going to win. No. If In life, like business, if you want to talk about business sense, I feel like there's no winning or losing. It's just experiences. And it's like a pinball machine. So like you're playing the game, right? You win or you lose, right? But you're still playing. The only way... You'll stop winning or losing is if you don't have coins to play the game. Now, those coins is your energy, your mindset, your daily habits, right? If those things die, you won't be able to play the game again. And that's how I see life. It's just like, hey, like this is our dance. And it's finding the dance between what we fear and what we desire most. And that's why we're having so much fun in this quarantine time because it's fear, but it's an itch that we desire of like, oh, I want to do it. Like, <laughs> I don't care about the unknown. I'm just excited. I'm, I'm, pl- I'm dancing with life right now. 100%. And I'm just rolling off what you said. No, and, and that's right on. And to add to it, one of the things that I, I always say is my, my portfolio of personal experiences um, because I carry that with me. So my, my, my resume is my personal experience all my failures all my setbacks um and when you bring that to the table that nobody could take that away from you you can't because it's yours you own that um i didn't read a book to know that you know humility i i i i went and sat in front of many clients that told me to go fuck off because i wasn't i wanted to be the smart one i wanted right. to be the know-it-all the egoistic know-it-all and it kicked my ass and I would get home and my wife's like, we got to pay the mortgage. This is when I was financially bankrupt. I'm like, I didn't make a sale. She's like, how are we going to eat? I have no idea. But today, it's a whole different me. You know, I learned from that. And that's why we do this for anybody that's listening. If you're in sales, you need to understand that, you know, you're not the expert. You're only the expert. Your talent is... is, is our given talents are minimum, I mean, maximum five. Right. We don't have a lot of talent. Don't, don't, don't ask me to change your tire outside. I, yeah. I want to know how to do that. Same here. <laughs> you know, um, don't tell me to mow my lawn. You know, one of the things is, I, let's talk about that. Because, you know, my wife had a hard time understanding that if she buys something, like she would go to a furniture store and she buys something to build, 
Just place for you to set it up. I don't. Right. I, I, I don't have patience for reading. Right. Oh, you're getting me excited off this. Um, and it's a great point because we're talking about talents, right? And, pe- and people think, why well, I got to know everything. No, no, you don't. You delegate. I delegate 99.9% of the things. Right. The point, the 1% of what I'm great at is what I spend my time on doing. And that's why your confidence is so high. That's why people seek you because you're focusing on 1%, which makes you happy. You develop yeah. your skill sets and you're more confident in yourself. Yeah. If you're focusing on everything else and you show up to a sales call, right? And you're focusing on all the 99% you had to do before you got to that call, you're going to be insecure. 100%. And that's, you'll sense it. Right. That's why you're closing more. It's because you're only focusing on your 1%. Correct. That boosts your self-esteem. You have that confidence. But a normal salesperson doesn't think like that. They're trying to delegate. They're, they're trying to actually do yeah. all the 98, 98% of their life. Which it shouldn't be like that. And writing off what you said, um, very good point. Um, So, like, someone asked me, like, why do you pay people to wash your car? Earlier in the conversation, (laughs) I told you I'm never going to wash a car ever again after I'm done. And I'm like, well, if if I'm able to employ somebody and they could feed their families, that would make me happy. That's number one. But no one thinks like that. Number two, during that time, I'm actually upgrading my skill sets. Right? I'm sharpening my sword. Right? I'm developing my skill sets and guess what? Like because of that hour, I was able to close X amount or I was able to grow X amount, which I wouldn't have done if this task wasn't taken care of. 100%. So am I being selfish right now or am I being selfless? And then once I explain it to them like that, they're like, Oh, well, like you have a do good point. Like, yes, I want to feed mouse. Like my goal isn't for me to make money and just be selfish. Like I want to be able to support anybody I bring into my tribe. Right. And could I add to that? Um, one of the things that I, I've learned through my uh, good mentor said, Cesar, what's your hourly rate? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, so if, if you go out there and build, you know, the table and chairs for your wife and you spend four hours and your hourly rate is $500 an hour, that's $2,000 you lost right. building that. But if one of your kids could build it or hire someone to build it and you pay them 40 bucks, now your hourly rate you could invest it in that one person thing you're great at and once people figure that out they'll start having wins a lot faster okay. but they're just too overwhelmed with everything they have to do because in and you know one of the assessments that i always give my clients is to be able to identify you know when they're entrepreneurs their roles and their priorities right and when you don't have those figured out that's when you're focused on the 98 thing, 98 percent of things that you shouldn't be doing, and that's when you're stressed out and you're overwhelmed. Out, overwhelmed, you're like, "All oh, this sales call sucked." <laughs> it didn't suck. It's just the way you approached it. So, based First. off sales, because I know you love sales, um, biggest hacks I've learned is when you get on a call, you won't, if it's someone that's older than you, talk to them like they're your mom. If someone's younger than you, talk to them like they're your um, sister whatever product they may be. Like, you know, your products, these are changes lives, changes companies, whatever the case may be. If they came to it from a place like, Hey, like my mom's in the hospital, but they, they literally psych themselves. Like, Hey, mom's in the hospital, but like, if I do not get this product in their hands, she's not going to breathe. Mm-hmm. Right. The client avatar is your mom in the hospital. But right. once you start going like that, you're not going to be like, Oh, Jerry, like, Oh, I hope, I hope she says yes. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to come from a place of like an emotional, like well being that you want them to succeed. Correct. And that pivot, it, I didn't figure that little nugget till like six months ago of learning calls after calls after calls. I was like, I would just get mad after every call. It's like, man, 
what was I doing in the call? Was I talking angrily? Was I being like a sarcastic asshole? <laughs> I was like, fuck, yes, I was. I was like, you know what? Let me just come from a place of giving. And because I, I know a lot of people listen to your podcast about sales, and that's a little like something that I've learned. And it took me a long time to figure that out. That's a great point. You know, and and that's it. One of the things is, you, again, we were talking about a little bit uh, ago about when when what's our DNA, for example, you said right now, you make the calls, you were pissed off, but you're reflecting on what you said, how you said it. And then you realize like, you know what? I got to treat them like, you know, um, they got to have my product because their mom's in the hospital. But you took the time to reflect on it. That's, that's, a, that's part of an entrepreneur DNA because we don't want to continue to do the same thing over and over. Like they say, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Right. So you took the time to identify that, right? So then once you did, then the results began to start coming in. And that's one thing that most people don't know how to do. You I know? love that you said that. Because when I tell people like how I think, they're like, oh, I never really thought about it like that. I'm like, at the end of the day, your best teacher is yourself. Correct. Because we're all, if you want to get into like fitness a little bit, like we're all prime, like we're all primal, like we're, we're all cavemen, right? We Correct. slowly have evolved over time. Correct. So we do have that primal state in us, right? So like our best knowledge or our best teacher is our gut and our experiences. Correct. But you're taking too much pride in yourself by not studying your actions. Correct. And it shows a level of humility by literally, right? Like self-analyzing yourself. It was like, hey, like how did I generally act? Correct. Was it this, this, and this? Oh shit, what happens if I just change that? Correct. And the first time I learned that was actually on my mission. Back, I don't know why this is everything going back to my mission. Um, I really wanted to go home. It was like 20 months into my mission. I was almost done. And I put a, a pros and cons. I put what are the pros of staying on my mission? What are the cons? And the pros outweighed the cons. And I stayed. And I can't believe you hit that. And now, like, sorry for bringing that up, but it finally clicked what you just said. That it's coming from that right because that's your involvement your evolvement was way back right and now the lessons caught up to the understanding and now you're able to teach them and that's why like for example in sales i do a, a listening assessment because people don't know how to listen right and i do have an assessment to figure out where they stand on their listening skills and the most like the most craziest part of that most people even though they're 20 30 years in sales their listening skills suck you know but they're not aware of it they've never taken the time to see like oh well what did what was that person trying to say like for example just listening to your story you know knowing you i'm connecting the dots right. that's 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 a skill set i didn't I wasn't born with it i evolved it right so when i talk to someone that's what i do i listen and i connect and I just share it back to them and it just resonates because they're like, oh my God, that's, that's exactly you know, that's what happened. When I share my story about how I hate building things, I hate it. It resonated. I hate accounting. I hate it. I, I went to college, I have a degree. I hated accounting. Right. But I figured out I could hire one. Yes. Right? So she does all, all that shit for me. Like, I don't, I just get reports like, where are we at? That's it. That's it. Just I don't, tell me. I don't want nothing to do with anything. I, right. you, you have access to my bank accounts, my P, everything. You just share, share my PNL so you know I know where I'm at. Oh, that's it. And I'm good. And that gives you the trajectory you look forward. That's it. 
versus having, oh my gosh, I got to do this tonight. I got to put like no. my profits and losses. You got to redo everything. Then you're going to wake up the next day not confident. And we're talking about how people spend 98% of the right. time on things they're not talented on. And instead it, of the 2% or 1% of the, the talents they have. They're just too scared to... Um, um, they normal people think about wasting money, but I think about investing money. And Correct. Their time. Yeah. I mean, the biggest asset is time. Right. They think they have more time. They don't. You they don't. don't know how to manage their time. Their priorities are all fucked up. They don't know how to identify their roles. Like they don't even know what the role is. They don't even know what they got to do. They think being a business owner that's the role. That's not the role. It's just the title. No. Identify your role. You know your role. You right. know your team's role. That's why you're productive and successful. Most people don't know that. They don't identify that. So that's why they fell. And that's why they have so much, oh, I'm so busy syndrome, right? Right. I got so many things going on. But what do you got going on? People look at me like, you're always calm. Yes, because I only focus on the things that I'm great at. Everything <laughs> else it. is delegated. Everybody else is doing the work that I hate doing. Right. You know, when we're done with this, I'll just go on my email, have updates of everything that's getting done while we do this podcast. And I just over, I look at it, review it, say yes or no, change this. Right. And then I go back and I don't go in the pool with my kids. That's it. Yeah. But then people are like, well, you're lucky. I'm just, no, you don't understand the skill set that I had to develop to get that. No, and it was a lot of hopeless nights. You're like, is it? And I see it now by talking to you. It's a huge amount of respect because said you're talking about like hey like i don't know how i'm gonna feed my family tomorrow i'm like shit man like i don't know what i would do in that situation so that forced you to be very creative Correct. pivot come up with new skill sets to sharpen the axe and it got you till today but people are seeing this stressful time as a time to relax and yeah. drink of my time on the beach in hawaii i mean you see my desk right? you see all those worksheets those are all new skill sets i'm developing that's just that's right. part of my portfolio and yeah. when I came into your house, no one was watching TV. They were just learning on their computer, yeah. on their homework, learning homework. And I'm like, that's how it should be. This is the best time to invest in your skill sets. My son came and set this up. Right. I told you. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to record these podcasts or edit them. You don't. Yeah. My son came in. I'm like, hey, dude, we have a podcast. Cool. Comes and set, set up. And then when I'm done, he'll come in here, grab it, edit it, and then just send me the link when it's done. He's like, there you go, Dad. I love it. I love how you're teaching your kids like what they're good at. Yeah. That's, and, what, that's why I want to do it. I'm a parent, 100. percent You know, um, and that's that's one thing that I, you know, I got three boys. My oldest, um, he does performing and singing, and that's his talent, and that's what he spends his time. He's in his room with his guitar, and like I tell him, just evolve that. Right. My middle son's a golfer. Um, you know, he he made he has a learning disability, ADHD. He made the high. Um, he's a freshman at Rancho, and he made the golf team you know, with disabilities, right. but I never focus on his disabilities. I focus on his strengths. Yes. Yeah, so my I grew up with ADD. Um, my parents never put me on medicine. They just put me on my strengths. Yeah. So my stuttering is so fast as I think more fast than my words are coming out of my yeah. mouth. Right. So, so that's great that you're doing that to your son. Yeah. And, 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 and I bring like, and then my, my youngest plays baseball and the first podcast, Joe Spears is, you know, shout out to Joe Spears. He owns CBA baseball programs, a nationwide program. And, you know, all he does is set up kids for college or major leagues. And he comes here and hangs out. And, you know, like I tell my son, if, if you don't make it, it's your fault. Right. You know, because now I've been able to build those relationships for them to excel. 
you know, and if they don't take advantage of them because I make it look easy because I built a relationship. Right. They think it's like, oh, it's, it's normal, but it's not because there's many people out there that can't get to them. Right. They try to and they can't. They just fuck it up. I mean, you're just running your own professional basketball team. They're all going to be their own champions in their own way. I love it. And that's what we got to do. You know, as leaders, we have to take that responsibility. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, we're leaders if we're evolving. Right. You can't consider, you know, I have a on leadership, either it's a verb or a noun. There's people that take the leadership word as a noun just because they're leaders. They think it's it's a title no. or a verb, which is action. You go in there in the trenches. And a leader for me is a verb. You got to take action. Uh, I love that you said it because um, we were having we were doing sales earlier last week and um, one of my trainers, she was like struggling a little bit and I haven't really done setter calls. So we have a setter call, meaning like uh, they fill out our questionnaire, then a setter just hops on a free call with them just to get to know them, to get to their pain points, like a pain free call. Right. And then she'll let me know, like, hey, Carlos, like you should really call this person tomorrow. So then she'll set the appointment up for me. Right. But she was saying so beat up on these setter calls. I was like, you know what? Here, let me see. who are you calling next? Let me just see it. And back to another sales trick I did. I literally says like, hey, like, am I supposed to take this call? You're supposed to have that call with me, you know, tomorrow. But I got to the pain points. I was like, hey, like um, right now, I'm, I'm actually one of the few businesses that are still paying their employees. And we're taking donations for this phone call. Like, how much do you want to donate for um, Amber's time to coach you for two weeks for, um, for free? And there was $100 like, like that. But... I was being strategic in the way of using a little bit of pain and donation. And she was like, holy cows, how did you do that? I was like, well, I used you to my advantage to be able to close this person. 100%. So I love being in the trenches. I don't, I don't, like, I don't like saying I'm an entrepreneur. I don't like saying I'm a business owner. It's just I have a team that helps me stay in my zone of genius. And they stay in their zone of genius. And once, we, once those two meet, then we crush it. That's it. That's, That's all it. it is. That's all it is. You know, one of the things is in, in the companies I've owned is when I bring somebody in, I figure out their talent fast. Right. I identify what their strengths are and I position them there. And I always, you know, of course, it took a time to figure it out. But when I do that, what I realize is they're happy because they're actually doing what they love and they're great at it. Versus just sitting on your clock. Correct. And not enjoying it. Correct. That's um, so what I do when people come into my team, um, I learned this from Scipio. Um it was kind of crazy on went to because Utah's all tech companies. They had them all separated in different rooms based on their talents. And it's this test called the Clifton Strength Test. And the owner made me do it because he wanted to invest in me. It's a long story, but basically made me take this test. And uh, when I took that test, it was really weird because like it literally said my top five strengths were learner, strategic, self-assurance, activator. And I forgot my last one. But when I saw my first two was learner and strategic, I was like, holy shit, like, that's very true. And based on that, I've made everybody that joins my team do it. So it actually teaches me how to talk to them, how to coach them, and how to put them in that right position. So is it a, is an assessment? It's an assessment. It's about 25, 30 minutes. And the, you do it online? or Yeah. It's, it's, and I even, I even paid for my trainers. I was like, hey, if, I'll pay for you. I told my buddies, like, hey, like, it's 25 bucks. If you don't like it, I'll, I'll demo you the money. And that, Did you give me that link? Yeah, it's yeah, I'll give it to you. And it's amazing. Like everyone does like, oh, I'll do the Tony Robbins distance. I'm like, yeah, that's great. And all but this one, you'll literally know their top five strengths as a human being. And if you pay like forty dollars more, you can get like all twenty. But um 
is it it's funny because I, I use one and um the company is out in europe i don't know if it's the same one yeah and it, it actually breaks down your personality type and everything it might be a little bit different it's cool because um one of my number 10 i remember is significance mm. and that one i've done it he's the owner was like dude i've never seen anybody without a rare one i'm like well it makes sense to me that if i don't have significance in my life i'm not going to be happy mm-hmm. back to the funeral business yeah i could have dr- driven i rode that out owned my own crematory crush in the crematory business because the margins are great don't get me well they're great don't get me wrong but mm-hmm. it would bring no significance in my life yeah and when i saw that one i was like it makes sense why i think this way yeah like with one of my other pe- people on my team, like Ariel, like hers, um, she loves making everybody harmony. I think that's her number one or number two strength, which is crazy. Because like when the team's not doing good or there's contention, she takes no sides. She just wants everybody to be in harmony. Mm. So like then you start to see how your team operates and you start putting them in those positions. So if they have the top 10 traits to say they're very similar, you start pairing them in those departments. Nice. That's it. Based off what you said, it was kind of crazy. I just wanted to share that. No, and, and, and that's, that's you know, because I found that per, it's a personality test, um, and I have them take it because it, it, it breaks down their personality type, their learning. And I was like, man, this is cool because what I'm trying to do, and I'll share it with you, maybe this is something we can, you know, we can do, is to be able to create an assessment. Um, and, and I'll share it with you why. Because that's a good marketing tool. Because for me, when I'm launching um, my university with of of cells, right? But I want to create a capture page to be able to to have people take this assessment and be able to identify the, their their talents, right? And nobody's doing that, and that's a great way to funnel them. And there's two ways to do that because if you were to do it bef- um, during the sales funnel, you already know exactly what to coach them on Correct. right before you get on the call. Correct. And then let's just say. From that company you're talking about like i don't know this is getting way off topic of the podcast you got me kind of excited let's just say it's <laughs> we'll talk about it five different <laughs> things but i got it but no you got me thinking just please save this part because um I've, I've i have some things that i know will crush it for you okay um and you see great yeah and it's you got just, me moving it's, it's the marketing it's just that creative creativity of how to be able to give somebody something that nobody's actually doing right it's only certain people that understand and get it but if you put this out to the people, my avatar is people that, you know, and I'll share real quick, my avatar for my consulting business and training is people that are tired of just being motivated. People that listen to motivational uh, podcasts, motivational right. information, but they're implementing zero. That's my avatar. I'm looking for the people that are tired, that want actually a roadmap to be able to learn how to implement skill set to evolve, to sharpen that. Right. And based off that, I feel like knowledge is not power. No, it's execution. Energy plus execution is power, right? So everyone's fed up with the knowledge, with the motivational bullshit. You want them to execute to give them more energy so they could crush it. That's it. You know, like this podcast today, the gut checks we've given is is great content for people to start executing because we gave them pieces golden nuggets 
you know we, right. we're not motivating people we're not telling people like you know keep pushing go out there and keep that's not what we're doing no it's a hundred percent not true no not <laughs> you see all. what i'm but, saying yeah based off like other podcasts i've listened to they basically go off that point like they want to yeah. motivate motivate but yeah. it's like it's like um oh man let's just say we're at a at a club right and you're happy right it's just a little two three hours right or you're drinking yeah. easy one alcohol you're yeah. like every that's why everybody wastes all the money at the bar they're happy for two to three hours and then they go back to their shitty bubble that's what <laughs> motivation is like you're happy for Correct. two to three hours but they never taught you how to execute Correct. you go to an event and you know you hear all these speakers motivating you and then you're just and if you're an you're idiot super motivated. i start jumping up too i'm like oh man this is great but i already know what they're trying to do Correct. And, 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 you know, I have a philosophy is like, you know, if you're, if you're lost, now you're, you're a motivated lost person. <laughs> hey, that's a good, that's a gut check right there. A motivated <laughs> lost person. That's what they are. Cause they walk out of there motivated and they're lost. Right. And they, don't, and they know, they don't know, they might know they're lost. So now they're running out of this auditorium, excited, lost. And not knowing where to go. Yeah. So it's like, no, that's not how it works. No. And, and for me to be able to put these trainings together and, and and there's a psychology and i'll share them with you off air um to be able to teach people how to execute right because the problem is they, they everybody has the information's out there you said it's on youtube you could you know if you want to get fit you could go on youtube for free right you know but then it's not valuable 100 percent. but if you teach people how to execute like you have you cre- you created assessments on what they're doing on the day-to-day now they're aware of it that cost that's value that's now you're gonna pay for that you just gotta drive that energy forward to whatever they're good at correct and the same thing with you know personal growth people there's so much information out there but nobody's teaching people how to execute that's 100 percent true um based off that like um this new program i released with my buddy long story short it's like it's uh I've made him a little over a little over we crossed a hundred thousand dollar mark in two weeks of launching his company. But one thing I told him to do was like, what if you add an accountability coach to every single person that joins right. this program? Because motivation's bullshit. These spreadsheets, these um sales trainings, all these webinars and zoom calls you have pre-recorded, it's all great and all don't get me fucking wrong. But it's all bullshit because I know if I pay you 10 grand, I want to be like, I'm so motivated because I pay you 10 grand. But normal people, when they do in masterminds, they it's like it feels good to pay you every week, but they're not taking action. It's just like a feel good thing. Okay. So how we switched it up, I was like, what if everybody gets an accountability coach and they have to check on their accountability coach morning and night? He's like, dude, that was a nail in the coffin right there. Every person, because in the fitness field, every there's all these freaking masters, freaking masterminds left to right. But they're missing one key aspect, follow-ups. We're entrepreneurs, we're, we're ADD, we see a shiny object, we're like, oh my gosh, I wanna go do that, I wanna go do that. Oh shit, I have to study this course, fuck, I forgot about studying this course, I and mean, it's like 2,400 a month, like, oh, my family's <laughs> gonna get mad because I haven't started it. But if I had someone following up on me, like I follow up on my clients, it makes sense. Okay. And I love that you said that, because that's the future, is no one's doing accountability coaching. I mean, if they're gonna listen to the podcast, they figured out our secret, but, it's having an accountability coach. Right. I mean, I want to level up the playing field for everybody, but it's just having an accountability coach. All right. 100%. And that's what's missing. That's it. Because I could give you everything to Caesar. Here's, here's how you make a million dollars. But are you really going to do it? No. Probably not. Maybe when you feel like it. But when you feel like it's maybe on your birthday or on Christmas, you're probably going to feel like it's a, that easy you feel good, but that's it. You know, now to add to that, I have a philosophy I say. 
if money was a motivating factor, everybody would be rich. It's not. It's not money. Right. It's not. It's it's about the purpose. For me, is the journey. I want to learn. I want to get my ass kicked. And I like that you say you want to get your ass kicked because um, this Monday, I actually woke up. So I want to sleep like at 11, and I never do this. I woke up at 2.30. I was like, fuck, let me sleep a little longer. And it was 3.30, my heart was racing. I was like, I haven't felt this feeling since when I first started my business. And normal people would be like, man, I have anxiety. I have stress. Let me regress. Let me hide. Let me get in my little cubicle and little bubble and just go hide and sleep my life away. I was like, if I'm getting stress and anxiety and I'm technically a primal human being, like I'm a caveman, this means it's a sign that I'm in war. I should probably get the fuck out of bed and go to fucking war. It. right normal people see stress and anxiety they want to run away from it which leads to pills yeah. drinking sleeping their life or whatever they like to do to like numb the pain for me i want to run head first into me that too. i want to run head first because we're we're technically cavemen we're programmed to kill yeah, we're. right and i want to kill my goals like i'm excited for the unknown me too like it's really weird to explain it, but it happened on monday and i was like Okay, like old me would have just slept it away, but it's just it's just in my heart. I felt it like my heart pulled on my neck. It was a weird feeling. And I got up and um, basically off two hours of sleep, I put an 18-hour day and didn't feel like it. And I feel everybody has unlimited potential amount of energy. It does. They do, we do. And what, what happens, you just hit it right in the head, is that most people, the moment they feel anxiety or, or, or you know fearful, they, they go into this cocoon. And then they'll distract themselves with things that makes them feel good, which right. is watching television, whatever the know, case may binge be, binge eating or whatever it is. And on the other hand, we go out there and figure out what the hell it is. And so. guess what? While they're doing that, it's adding more pressure and right. more pressure. It's like a little, like like more weights going like right. across. It's just more weight stacking on, stacking on, to the point where they can't breathe anymore. Right. With us, it's more like I can't breathe, but I'm excited. <laughs> like I don't know what's gonna happen. Hundred percent. But have I ever failed? Probably not because I'm not a quitter. So I'm excited for this journey. And, you know, I came from nothing. I've had nothing. So I know what it feels like to have nothing. Right. So what do I have? You've to tasted make? it. So it's more like I already know what it tastes like. Am I willing to go there? It's a gut check for you. It's like, fuck yes, I'm yeah. willing to go there because I know I've made it out already. And you and I know if, if I lose everything today, I'll get it back tomorrow. Because the skill set that I have. The playbooks that you have, the people, the relationships. The personal experiences love. that I've developed, the relationships, they're all there. They're not going nowhere. Right. So what do I have to lose? They can't take that from you. Yeah. And th- that's what a lot of people see. It's like, oh, man, it's all about the bank account. It's not. I mean, a little bit it is, but it's more about the relationships you develop okay. that help you maintain that bank account that you want. So, Lowe's, share a little bit about your companies or companies uh, right so now that you're working So we with. have a brick and mortar business called uh, Body by You Bootcamp. So I started as a Fit Body Bootcamp as a franchise. Um, and then I defranchised this past summer. And then we came up with the word body by you because it's your body, your identity. Um, the back of our shirts is a little logo of a thumbprint. Okay. So it was pretty cool because it's your identity, your it's, unique, right? There it is. Fingerprints, your identity. The way I like to coach at our brick and mortar is like, cool, I'm not selling you on a workouts because I'm going to be real with you. Anybody could give you a great workout, Tina, but my job's to change your life. If you want a great workout, I could refer to all these other businesses. I, I legitly do. Like, oh, you want CrossFit, Tina? I love CrossFit, but that's not really for me. But if you're into that, like, hey, there's a CrossFit down the street. You should 100% go for them. But if you get injured, are you going to still eat the way you're currently eating? Most likely, yes, right? Well, let's just focus on your habits. There's just 30-minute workouts, low-impact workouts. 
I just want to change your quality of life. How does that sound? So that literally took me out of the pool of all the boot camps, all the personal trainers in this city, because I'm coming from a place of changing their habits. That, that's, that's where it starts. <laughs> and then from there, once um, um, this blessing in disguise, everybody calls it the quarantine, I just start talking myself differently. This blessing in disguise happened, the lockdown. Um, we had like almost 20 cancellations, that's it. But it was cancellations from like bartenders or servers. So like, honestly, I felt bad. I'm knowing me, I could have closed in, but I was like, you know what? Like, cool. You're still going to get our live workouts, right? So once everything happened, we transitioned everything literally to online. At the time, we, we still had an online coaching business because that's what I love. I've, been, I've had that for a long time. But now we transition our brick and mortar clients into online, which realistically, it's a lot more work, but we love it. Um, so my team does live workouts every single day on Instagram. It's uh, Body by You Bootcamp. And then on Facebook, just type in Body by You Bootcamp and they'll pop up. Your social, so Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. So my Instagram's Low Spotty by You. And then we have another one, um, Ariel underscore Body by You. And then our last one's uh, Body by You Bootcamp. So we did the pivot to go 100% remote, right? And we did goodwill from quarantine till now. We've been doing live workouts every single day. Now we're making them private and exclusive, like exclusive live workouts with better teachings, better everything. Okay. And we started um, upgrading that because I'm going to be real with you. People, some people like to watch the lives, but they're not doing the workouts. You know why? Because they're not paying a little bit because it doesn't hurt their pocket. So now we're taking a step further. We're going to care about you more. Nice. So we're pivoting. I don't on my goal with this, with everything going on is we want to change your quality of life at home and not wait for gyms to open back up because we don't know when they're going to open back up. Okay. And you might be too scared to go to the gym because you don't know if it was sanitized or clean or, oh my gosh, like, is the trainer sick? Like, I don't want you to worry about that. Let's just change your quality of life at home first. Yeah, start now. Start now. Why wait? Why wait? So you have a little promotion you want to ensure. Yes. So um, I have the phone number. Can Let me just grab my phone real quick. Sure. And um, all I need you guys to do is this... Um, the Scipio number. Give me one second. Sure. That's right. I, I got it. So what I have for you guys going, we have a, we usually sell this program for $600. It's the 42 day detox. All right. It's a membership portal. There's pre-recorded cooking videos on it. So like how to cook your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's a grocery list for every single week and there's at home workouts um, a body part a day so a total of like five at home workouts that you get on top of that you'll have uh, a meal plan you could pick so if you weigh like 100 pounds here's a 100 pound meal plan if you weigh 150 pounds here's 150 pound meal plans and so forth so if you guys want that gift the number is 909-280-7759 so 909-280-7759 and text the word gut check and I'll send you that gift, guys. And there it is. Um, make sure you guys text and then um, follow the prompts. And then they'll be able to take advantage of that offer. No, yeah, we're excited. Um, we just want to get back to um, the community. I know everybody's going through it. And what I got of this podcast is deep down inside, us, it feels good to give back. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I want to add to it is that you're pivoting fast. You're pivoting right. And. And I want to congratulate you, congratulate you on that because most people are still, again, sitting at home watching Netflix, um, trying to figure out like, oh, when is this? When is everything going to go back to normal? One of the things I want to add, it's not going to go back to normal. Um, this quarantine, this pandemic, 
is actually a pivotal point in our in our lives that we'll never ever see again. Um, and it's pivotal to the perspective of you're either going to adjust and grow, or you're going to stay the same and die. Die. That's just how it's going to work. And uh, you know, having your your company and pivoting and sharing your story, um, you're going to have massive success. And not because I'm telling you, because how your how you think, how you strategize, how you're looking ahead. And that's just entrepreneurship. And anybody listening out there, you got to remember, it's hard. This shit's not easy. You know, um, at the end of the day, you think that, oh, you just sit there and, and collect checks. That's not how this shit works. It takes a lot of creativity, a lot of patience, a lot of understanding, sharpening the axe, getting information from the right people, not just some person that states they know the stuff or I don't It's just it takes a lot of damn work. Right. Um, that you hit that right on the spot, and the best thing I could tell somebody if they're starting out: find something you love, not something that's cool. Yeah. That's a great one, man. Um, I'm that's just, actually a hundred, a thousand percent right now. Um, everybody's trying to do what's cool. Yeah. And if you guys want some free coaching, um, if you guys are into like helping businesses out and you want to learn how to make some money, go on Facebook, type in facebookblueprintcourse.com. You guys can become Facebook certified. Um, ad experts so once you're done taking their courses you'll pay a small fee and guess what you're a facebook ad certified so meaning you could go to small businesses that are doing curbside pickup and you could run ads for them target their audience and make them money and you'll take a consulting fee every single month there it is i mean facebook blueprint courses guys that's uh every business needs ads and you could be that solution for them there you go and there it is another golden you know gut check golden you know there's so many People out there thinking they're entrepreneurs, but they don't understand what they got to do right there. And that right there is actually the way of the future. So why not do right. that? Ad marketing is the future. That, Upgrade your skill set in it. 100%. Like if you guys are trying to develop those relationships, find out what you love to do or find out what you want to do, just develop what you're already doing and upgrade your skill sets. That's all it is. And bring value to your relationships. If, and with Facebook ads, I saved you years off headaches. You don't need to have a sexy program. You don't need to be a trainer. You don't need to do, you, you don't even need to have your own restaurant. What you could do, you could be something that people need, right? They need ads. Ads and sales is the lifeline of the business. If they don't have that, they're dead. Hmm. Wouldn't you rather be that lifeline of the business and not have all the headaches of overhead, employee drama? You don't have none of that. You're just driving them. You're just basically the lifeline for them. And it's there ads. it is. I mean, you know, I was going to share with you what was that one tip. But right now you just gave, I mean, some coding nuggets, man. I mean, first of all, go do what you want to do, not what others are doing. You know, and develop a skill set that's always going to be in demand from today on. It's marketing. It's marketing. So, and it's free out there. Same thing with Google. It's free. Facebook Blueprint Courses. That's the number one thing. If you guys are, or want to switch up your Netflix to making money, do that. There it is. Everybody I mean, needs everybody needs marketing. True or false? 100%. Without marketing, you're dead. So make that be your want and need because they need you and you're doing a disservice to yourself if you're not doing this. And with that said, I want to say, you know, thank you again for joining me. And, and today was actually amazing. And there's so many things we're going to talk about off off the mics i'm excited um but you know thank you again for for accepting the invite and i mean for sharing your story man it's really really impactful and i mean i learned a lot from you today thank you i appreciate it. thank you so much for having me caesar like we're both on a mission to improve people's quality of life and 
that's what we want to do. We just want to improve your quality of life. If you're wherever you're listening to this, just take everything we told you to heart and take action. That's it. Action. Well, with that said, love, thank you so much. And you guys stay tuned for the next episodes. And we're going to have part two on this. See you guys later. Thank you guys for joining us. This is the Gut Check with Cesar Gomez. Stay tuned for more Gut Checks, more episodes. And if you got value through any of our episodes, feel free to share them with your friends, colleagues, other entrepreneurs, anybody out there that's just trying to better their life. See you guys soon. Hey.